Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Secret Stories from the Underground. Today, I am super excited because we have Bob Levy on the podcast. I'm a huge Bob Levy fan. I grew up watching Howard Stern because I'm a scumbag degenerate. And uh, thanks to Bob and guys like Artie and Howard and, you know, all the all the people from the Stern Show, I grew up to be a degenerate dirtbag. So thanks to Bob for that. Uh, we sat down, we talked to Bob about his early career, uh, some of the things that he's got coming up, you know, keep an, uh, keep an eye out for them dates. Uh, Bob Levy will be hitting the road again soon. Uh, so we definitely encourage you to check out all things Bob Levy and make sure you get some tickets when Bob finally gets back out on the road. We've been locked up for so long. It'll be great to have comedy back. So don't miss your chance to see Bob Levy at a venue near you so hopefully sometime soon not not quite yet but hopefully sometime soon enough of my bullshit let's get to the interview me and dean we were extremely excited to do this it was a lot of fun and uh once again big thanks to bob levy for giving us a a moment of his time i appreciate it um this is secret stories from the underground this is another episode thank you all for supporting let's get down to the interview Hello. That's all right. Let me see something. Uh, how does this uh, talk now? Let me hear you. How you doing? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Now, how do I sound like this? I'm just holding the phone in front of me now. You sound good. Uh, here's the thing. I don't know if I told you this or not, but if the screen goes black on your phone, it'll shut off the audio on your end. Okay. So I, I apologize for not telling you that. My bad. No, it's okay. Um, so, uh... Let's get started on this, man, because I'm a big fan of you. Uh, I was reading up on you, and you got your uh, start in professional wrestling, correct? Uh, that was, yeah. I was doing comedy for a while, and I ended up doing a, uh, uh, it was Sean, Shane McMahon's bachelor party on a boat, and they hired me and Jim Norton. They hired two comedians to do it, and they liked the way I talked and everything, so they were like, hey, man. You know, we can use somebody like you. And uh, they said you should get training just in case you have to take some bumps in that. And uh, <laughs> I went to the Monster Factory. A friend of mine owned the Monster Factory, Larry Sharp, who passed away now. Uh, and he trained me for nothing. But nothing ever came of it. But I got to wrestle for three years. So I was excited. <laughs> That's awesome. Who are some guys that you got to wrestle with there during that time? Uh, basically most of the people from the gym, but there were shows like, you know, where they did, uh, some ECW guys, they would get an F, uh, WWF guy or WWE. I don't even know if it changed back then, but you know, it was, I got to meet a lot of people, you know, I was always a wrestling fan. So, and, uh, and then in comedy, I got to meet wrestlers too, like Mick Foley. I did shows with him and, uh, he's a great guy. He, he seems like it. I've never got to meet him, but he seems like one of the world's nicest guys. <laughs> he probably is the nicest guy you'll ever meet. Yeah. Uh, you know, I feel bad that he's limping around now. He was when I worked with him a few years back, but just the sweetest guy and the kindest guy and just loves his family. It's just the opposite you would see of him in the ring, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, did I... Uh... What's, like, the hardest hit you ever took, like, wrestling? Did you ever take, like, a steel chair or anything crazy? Uh, no. I mean, the one, the first time I took a DDT, uh, I was actually training uh, at Offa's place. Offa, Offa had a place in, uh, I think it was Allentown, PA. And the one guy said, one of the wrestlers said, just let your body go limp and I'll just, you know what I mean, as you're going down. And I did that, and I, boom, my head went right into the, into the mat. And that was like, you were just dazed. I mean, when that, I, I mean, it, it looks so fake, but it's so real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is there a way to take a DDT and it not hurt? Because it, it does look like it, it's got to suck. Not really, you know. It, it doesn't, I mean, <laughs> to, to make it look, I mean, it depends on the person that's, that's doing it to you, you know. Uh, because it. it, it you know, the guy that's losing is supposed to take all the hits. He's doing everything. So basically, it's up to you to make it look good. But if, they, if they're taking you to the ground like that, yeah, you're going to hit the top of your head. And you're going to be dazed. 
Have you seen uh, Jake the Snake do comedy? No, I haven't yet. Uh, I'd like I'd like to see it. I mean, I was a huge fan of his when he came out, and that. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, hopefully he's out again. Uh, things are starting to open up again, it seems, around the country. So we'll see what happens. I definitely want to see him when he comes to, like, Jersey or New York area. If I ever t- had to take a DDT, that's who I'm calling up to give it to me for sure. He's, <laughs> oh, he's yeah. a master. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no doubt about it. And that's what I, I loved about wrestling back then because that was a closing move, you know? And nowadays, that's a opening move almost, you know? And people get up and it's like, what do you need to do to pins, you know what I mean, to for your closing move now? It, it's very, uh, I, I think it takes it too far these days because you shouldn't be able to get up from certain moves. I, I mean, I could see the leg drop, the Hulk Hogan's leg drop. I could see that. Yeah, that was, but not, that was always a weak finisher. <laughs> yeah, that was the weakest probably ever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. Some of it's gone a little bit too far there. It's getting... Uh, I, I didn't like the the movie style kind of matches that they did for a couple of them last year for WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah it's not the same. That you know what I mean. It's not a must see for me as it was uh, growing up with the wrestling. And uh, like if I miss a WrestleMania, I was almost in tears. I mean, it was it was heartbreaking if I <laughs> place to see it. And uh, and it's just a different game now. It's like. I mean, I enjoyed when they went into uh, when they had no fans with with the COVID when that first started because you got to see who was really good on the mic to work to nobody. And you got to see who was good in the ring because it takes your attention away and focus it on just the wrestlers. So you really had to be on your game. Yeah, I, I like that a lot better than what they're doing now with like piping in uh, audience uh, noise and that, and like it that just doesn't. It, it's just so weird. <laughs> yeah, and the people on the on the, on the computer screens in the back. What the hell is that? I mean, yeah. I, I I can't watch it now. I really I'll, I'll put it on and I'll be like, I, I'm just, I'm just gonna wait. I gotta wait it out now. Yeah. I wanted to check it out. <laughs> Are, are you getting back out and doing some comedy now that things are uh, slowly starting to open up? Yeah, I mean, uh, basically local. I think I got one in Florida. I'm going Memorial Day. But, you know, it's basically I'm going to wait till it opens more before I start going around the country again. You know, it just doesn't make sense to be able to go to a place that's 40 percent open, 50 or 60, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it makes it hard to want to get out there when you know that you're going to be performing to half of the people that you, you know, hit up the last time you were in that town. Yeah, and it's like it's like if you're going to travel, it's like you you want to you want to make money when you're traveling. You know, if I don't, if I have to drive, I don't really care. You know, you but you're not going to make the money you were making until everything opens up again. And I understand that. Yeah. So it's might as well wait and uh, and be ready for when it comes. So, uh, sorry, I kind of passed by this, but you said that you did Shane McMahon's bachelor party. Yeah, yeah, it was on a uh, it was on a boat in New York City and it just went out and uh, and that was it. And then, you know, it was cool. Like uh, Vince was there. I got to. That had to get a little wild, right? Yeah. What kind of cast of characters they have for that thing? Uh, Yeah, it was like. I mean, I, I when I'm thinking about it now, I remember Vince. There were some big shots in the, you know, definitely in the in the back office for sure. I don't remember many wrestlers at all, but uh, it was uh, a member Pat Patterson because I've heard about him. So and he was uh, he's like rubbing my leg. He I sit down, he's talking, <laughs> and he rubs my leg, and he goes, "We can use guys like you." And I'm like, "I don't know what that means." <laughs> <laughs> But he was very nice, you know, and, and Vince, I was kind of drunk and maybe I didn't come off uh, uh, the best way in front of Vince when I was talking to him. I'm like, put me, I go fire that guy. I think it was Sh- uh, Sean Mooney was uh, the guy back then. I go fire him. He sucks. I'm better than him. So I was like, I was, you know, I was my obnoxious self back then. But it was it was it was cool. I mean, this was like this is something, you know, I grew up with wrestling when it was on on. Uh, Channel 9 in New York on, on uh, Saturday nights at midnight, you know, with Milt Mascaris and all that, you know? 
Yeah, yeah, I'd watch it. Yeah, one a.m. my time. <laughs> yeah, it's just it was amazing, and I love the way that the the, when the the time ran out. We'll be back next week. And my my grandfather used to get so mad and like start hitting his cane against the wall. And that. <laughs> but it was it was a it was a good way that they set up the story, you know, the storylines and that stuff. And that was the that's what laws you and you know that's what I think I think that lawed in. Even women back in the 80s, you, you ever see like in the 80s, like if you looked at the Southwest or whatever, it, it was a lot of women in the audience when the Freebirds and all that, Ric Flair, like all those areas, because yeah. it was more of a storyline and that and they sold it different. Now it's more it's adults and kids. That's what I think it is now. Yeah, I, I agree. It, well, well, then the Freebirds, they were obvious panty droppers. Uh, you know, <laughs> there's no doubt about it. You know what I mean? It's, but it was like, it was great because they had, they had, everybody had their style that was like, so it was smooth. Who the hell we are in that, you know, Bad Street uh, USA was it, I think, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just amazing. Some of the best music to come out of Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's what, like, I watch, uh, you know, I watch, I, I see, I follow some of these wrestling things on Facebook, and they put up the old matches, like, like even the Honky Tonk Man, I loved him, I thought that that was a great gimmick, you know what I mean, and it was just, he was so hated that the heat that he would get, you know, if he got hit, the place would explode if somebody hit him, and Jimmy Hart, you know what I mean, it was just amazing. Oh, yeah. The, you know, I don't want to see, yeah. look, you could see hot women and that shit, but make the announcers, make, I mean, make, make the, uh, the managers guys. So when they got, when Slick got caught and somebody started beating him, people would go nuts or, or Heenan, you know? Uh, yeah. Bobby Heenan could get a crowd just to hate him. <laughs> yeah. And that's an art. That is an art. And, uh, it was, it, it was an unbelievable time, you know, like wrestling, to me, really hit like I watched it. I watched it, and I'm like, the Rock, the Macho Man, Randy Savage. Who's this guy? And Elizabeth. And that's when I, I just like that was my favorite wrestler because it was amazing the way he was, the way he can talk on a mic, the way he was just babbling and made sense, kind of. You know what I mean? It was enough that you understood that he was crazy, and he said he's the greatest. And it was just an amazing time. Uh, WrestleMania three, him and him, Savage and uh, Steamboat was. It, it's just, it's just one of. It's probably the best match ever. And if you watch it, you you see how great both of them are, and how they. Oh, it's so endless. Oh, you there, Rob? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um. Yeah. yeah. Can you tell us a story on where uh, your uh, reverend name came from? Uh, the reverend name came uh, basically when I started doing open mic. Like, I was like, I didn't know what to do in life. You know what I mean? I used to play in bands, and then it was like, I don't want to, you know, I want to do something where I can do what I want. And we used to hang out at this bar, and... My job was when people came in that we didn't know, I would make fun of them until they wanted to fight us. So, <laughs> so basically, one night my friend goes, you're pretty funny. You should try an open mic and try comedy. And we used to listen to Howard Stern back then. And Jackie the Joke Man was hosting in West Orange and uh, at Rascals. And we went down there on a Tuesday. It went really good. Then I had a few shows that, you know, maybe one show. I have totally offended the audience. Let's tell the truth. I told them they wanted me dead. I couldn't. I was just dirty. I didn't know how to come out of it if it wasn't working. It just got worse. And I got off stage and Jackie came up and he, and he just, he didn't know what to say, but he had to get the audience back. And he goes, hey, how about a hand for the reverend? And it just stuck. <laughs> you know? So it was, it was pretty cool. I mean, it's like it's easier when you have that to, for people to remember you at the beginning, you know, because if you have like a nickname like that. So did Jackie help get you on uh, the Stern show? No, no, no. Uh, that basically uh, uh, Casey was Casey Armstrong was doing a little comedy with Florentine 
Jim Florentine, and I remember uh, Florentine was telling him the stories about me with the blue cheese, eating it out of girls' asses on the road. <laughs> and then uh, KC told Howard, and then they had me call in. And then I called in, and then shortly after that, I sat in one time, and then they had the measure, uh, not the measure, uh, the, the, uh, uh, what, what was that roast thing that we did? I can't think of it. Oh my God. I can't, I can't believe I'm going blank on this. Oh, uh, the, uh, the world's meanest listener contest. That's what it was. And it was to roast the people on the show. And I ended up winning that. So it was great. <laughs> Do you remember so, some of your jokes from that or no? Uh, uh, Robin had, uh, I've got it. They're so bad. I don't even. I, they were. They were awful. They were awful things I said. Uh, but yeah, it was just like I. I made fun of Robin Howard. I, like I kept sending them in at the beginning. I only need to send one. But then when we had the contest, it was. It was. You know, it was up to me and Yucko who was going to win. Truthfully, and uh, I said to him, one of us are going to win. I said, why don't we just split whatever the winnings are? And we did that. <laughs> <laughs> So did you think that you'd ever that ever turn into an actual gig out of that, or well, were you pretty surprised? Well, you know what it, the whole thing is. Once I get, you know, I was a fan, so once I'm in there, this is a dream. So my thing is to stay there. I'm gonna do whatever I can to stay there, and that's what I did. And it just led to other opportunities he gave me. So it worked out really good for a long time. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. How long have you and Yucko been friends? Well, I haven't talked to him in like 10, 10 years, but we were uh, we were very close. But uh, I'm hoping to get in touch with him again. Uh, I, You know, at the end, it got ugly and uh, I was in a bad place with, you know, I was stuck on Xanax from my doctor and my I wasn't me. You know what I mean? So when I when I left there, I left. Oh, my God. You know, atomic bombs behind me. So uh, out of, you know, all of that crew, who do you who would you consider you still being the closest with? Uh, I've just uh, just recently started talking to Shuli again and we were we were all tight. You know what I mean? And we're doing Miserable Men again, which is amazing. You know, we started taping uh, the shows and we have Brent uh, Hatley as our producer. And uh, it's going to be it's going to be really good. I, I think by like the fifth or. 10 show we're gonna be like untouchable there's no doubt about it in my mind that's awesome yeah i mean it's just it's just great because we had magic we had we had magic back then we'll have it again it's not a problem you and uh you and Artie are definitely two of my favorite people from that show it was it was fun times i mean i just hope he's doing good i haven't heard from him in a long like in a, a year i'd say you know, I don't know. I'm sure he's getting better because of the fact that you would hear if if anything bad happened, you would hear it would be out in newspapers. It would be whatever. So I'm pretty sure he's going to come back better than ever. It looks. Yeah, kind of the no news is good yeah, news right now. Yeah, and he, there's nobody. If you listen to the old te- the old tapes, I mean, you'd you'd die laughing listening to him. I mean, it 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 was it was a. It was an amazing time for radio and to be part of that. Oh, my God. It was like, you know, you you look back at it and you go, wow, this is I can't believe we were doing this. Uh, it definitely made a difference in the industry. Uh, I love uh, I love the one story that already shared on there about being uh, out doing comedy with you and Yucca where he uh, he tripped over Yucco's dildo and slipped in the blue cheese. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 that was in Chicago, I believe, at Zaney's. Uh, and it happens to everybody, actually. Yeah, I mean, it, was, it was hilarious. I mean, we had so much fun on the road. You know, I mean, it was unbelievable. It was like being rock stars. And I, I really mean that. Like, I go to concerts and I, I mean, the way the fans were, it was amazing. Comedians weren't like that you know, in that time, you know, and we were, we were unbelievable. We, we partied like the rock star. We drank like, like fish. <laughs> yeah. I seen uh, some of the pictures that you've gotten to take with some of the women mm-hmm. <laughs> and 
Yeah, you, it looks like you've had a good time, man, for sure. There's some hotties in there. Oh, yeah. No, it was nothing like it. It was like, it was an amazing, it, it, it's hard to explain. I'm writing a book now, and I'm trying to explain it, you know what I mean, without sounding like, like I'm making it up, which I'm not making up. It's, <laughs> it's like, it's it was just insane. And, uh you know, it, it, when you look at it, you're like, wow, who would have ever thought it would get to that? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, definitely an amazing time for comedy back then. Uh, that whole group that you guys were in with Florentine, mm -hmm. you know, just that whole region of comedy was fucking amazing. Yeah, and it'll be back, you know what I mean? Once it comes back, it's going to come back uh it's going to come back maybe like it was in the late 80s because people want to get out again. Like, I notice every show I've been doing, it's selling out, even though we have different numbers now. But people do not want to miss it now. So I think when it opens again fully, it's going to be huge because people, you know, we've still got people that are afraid to go out. And that's that's a problem when you're trying to get people to a club. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, is things getting a little bit more relaxed out there in Jersey and New York? Yeah, it's uh, it might be uh, what thirty or forty percent open now. Uh, Pennsylvania might be a little more now, but you know, there there you always see news stories. Oh, the numbers are going up again. So you know, it, it, you never know what's going to happen. That's why why book stuff far out when you know just take it easy. I'm working on my podcast now and just. Uh, you know, when, once it's open and everybody can just shut up, I'm ready to go. Yeah. We're, uh, real quick, we plug your podcast. Where can people hear, uh, what platforms are you guys all on? I think we're on all of them now. Uh, if you go to syndicateradio.tv, it, it'll guide you, like, to YouTube. You know, we always put up the latest video. We're, like, 12 in. That's just Levy Land with, you know, uh, Rob Soul and Chris Abels. It's just a really good show. It's just people having fun that know each other. And uh, we bring in a, a comedian that, you know, we do the interview at the end. And, you know, the interviews usually go 45 minutes to an hour now. And uh, it's just been really amazing. And, you know, uh, we're going to, we do like, a, we're going to do a whole season. We're going to do it like, uh, like Netflix. So we're doing 16 shows. We're probably going to end it with a return of Kevin Brennan, who's a genius comedian very angry and funny you have to look at his stuff he has a documentary out of him now that they just made and it's the most amazing documentary you'll ever see and it's about it's basically him against the industry and he's going to end it up winning in the end you'll see oh <laughs> uh, are you by chance friends with neil no, no, no. Uh, Kevin doesn't even like Neil, so I don't. I don't know. Him. Yeah, no. like, I, 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 I got a, I got a, I got a comedian buddy here in Omaha that uh, he, he he was following both of them on Twitter, and, and Neil went and blocked him. So because he got in between something with them. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right now, you know, I mean, Kevin's. You know, you know why I love Kevin? He's the most honest person I've ever met, and uh, and he's hilarious. He's a genius. He's exactly what what this country needs. At least half the people. You know what I mean? And half the people makes him a millionaire. And they just need to know who he is. You know, the people that don't, because it's it's amazing just listening to him and his thoughts and uh yeah i mean I, I, every time he puts a poll on uh on twitter uh, it, the, the fourth one is neil sucks and everybody votes neil sucks <laughs> <laughs> and then miserable men, miserable men will be coming back on soon we have a company that's working for us they're going to put it all out they do everything and uh you know, we'll be on every every uh, platform too. Like uh, with Levy Land, it's on the Syndicate Radio because I'm partners with that. That's cool. What happened to the uh, when the Levy breaks show? Uh, that we were uh, we were taping for a company. Uh, I just don't believe the numbers. You know what I mean? I know what numbers are when I first start, and that we were getting. Uh, 
250,000 views. And I'm like, you know, this ain't happening like that. And I'm like, well, then get us ads, you know? And it was more like, well, you know, we, we're doing it for fun. You're doing it for fun and you have those numbers. It doesn't make any sense to me, you know? Yeah. Because, you know, I can get, you know, I just started and I'm getting anywhere from 600 to 1300 views now on YouTube alone. So, you know, I know, I know what it's like. You know what I mean? It's like, you, you can't, you know, bullshit me. <laughs> you know, but it, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe I'll do that again. Like, you know, you have time. Like, I wanted to work with Pat Dixon, who's a genius. I've never, uh, I've never felt so comfortable working with somebody that we can just talk, say anything and we understand what we're talking about and just go. We don't need anything, ideas or anything. We just go. And uh, w w he came up with this great idea, but we'll see. Once we tape it, you're going to be like, oh, my God, this is brilliant. And he, that's how brilliant this guy is. That's cool. So with doing, uh, you know, you had mentioned earlier how mm -hmm. what you guys were doing back then on radio and that was so groundbreaking. And it really was mm -hmm. um, with the advancements like through the you know Internet and all these different streaming services. Do you feel that um, well, what's going on now it is radio and the Internet? Is it better than what it is? Or do you think that it, because of that, it, it kind of waters it down? Well, it doesn't water. It, okay, the internet waters down things, but the best will come up. Okay, and the, the radio has been watered down so badly that there's so many opportunities for people to just get there and to go to the top because of the fact that you know I listen to the shows now. There wasn't a thing where when when Howard and Opie and Anthony were huge, where you got up, you got up in the morning to listen to your show, no matter even if you got no sleep. You know, it, that's what fans were then. Now it's like, I can pass. I'll look it up later. It's yeah. a different kind of feeling now. And I've been listening to these shows and they're just not doing it. You know, they're not, they're, there's nothing that's out of the ordinary anymore. Uh, and to keep me listening for a little while, but I can listen to certain people on the internet and I can listen to the whole shows. And that's the whole thing. Like our shows are basically an hour and a half show, we have people listen for an hour on YouTube for an hour. That's a huge number when you have uh, how long somebody listens to. And, yeah. uh, and that's the key. Like if you catch like, like my show, Kevin Brennan show, people listen to it because it doesn't have a slow spot. You know what I mean? No matter what, no matter what you're talking about, whether it's funny, evil, this, that, it doesn't matter. It's entertaining. And that's the key. You have to entertain with whether you're being funny or just talking uh, normal about life. Yeah. Um, oh, shit. Jesus Christ. I got something stuck in my throat. <laughs> I think I'm dying, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, Dean. <laughs> uh. Shit. Yeah, so... When you got into finally being able to do radio there with Howard, mm -hmm. with you being a fan, like actually getting into getting into being able to be in the studio and everything, <laughs> what was that like the first time? Oh, my God. It was nerve wracking. I was so, you know, I, I would get nervous because I cared about what I did. Maybe too much in comedy. I got too nervous at the beginning. Uh but I was so nervous. I remember Florentine came out and I said, dude, can you come out and sit with me when I'm out there the first time? Because I, but it went fine. And it was like, it was like amazing. And then I realized once you're in there, it's not like you're in front of, you know, a million people all over the place. It's like you're sitting, hanging out, talking. That's it. And it was, you never felt like you were on the air when you were on the air. And that's how great he is that he made you feel like you can talk about anything because of the fact it was like you're hanging out and that's what it's supposed to be. If it's a hangout, if it feels like a hangout, that's when you do your best radio. Yeah. Yeah. That, that definitely makes sense. Yeah. Cause otherwise yeah, if you're trying too hard, you, you can't see your audience to get to gauge how they're mm -hmm. appreciating it or not. So <laughs> yeah, but just being yeah. cool, just relaxing, you know, just having the conversation, laughs and that, 
you know, it comes out. You don't even think of what they're thinking. You think about what you're doing right there. And that and that's what the you know, the difference was with his radio. It was different. Did you like the move to Sirius there? Yeah, I, I did like it. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it was, you know, it, it was it was an amazing time. It really was. We got to do a lot of stuff for ideas. Like, you know, for I remember the Howard News came. We have to come up with some sayings that they would say. Uh, and, and basically, you know, it was like working as a team in that. And then I knew the road show was coming but we were going to do it separate. It was going to be on, on Howard 101. But then he called, uh, I think Gary called three days before and said, we're going live on Howard with the roast. And I was like, are you serious? And, and I was like, <laughs> uh, this, that was, that was, you know, no roast go live. Everything you see is cut up. They take the best stuff. We had to go live. And that's what made it amazing. And sometime, one time we did it at night and we all got drunk and, we never did our, our <laughs> show again. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched the roast uh, of uh, Ronnie the limo driver last yeah. night. Yeah, your your bit in that was great. I, I love that. Uh, Ronnie is to uh, security what Artie is to the high jump. <laughs> yeah, I, that was so long ago. I mean, yeah, that was, I think we did we did Ronnie first, I believe. Oh no, we did Ralph first, right? Yeah. I think it was Ralph and then Ronnie. Ralph seems like he's easy to make fun of. Who? Ralph? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but like, you know, it's like you can't get to him. You can't, you can't bother. Some people you can't bother. Like, I didn't want to do Daniel Carver because you can't upset Daniel Carver. You know what I mean? <laughs> I said to them, this is going to be horrible because of the fact you want me to get black guys, black comedians to roast uh, a, a Klansman and his comebacks were just racial slurs to them and he goes good job n-word and and it was like, <laughs> you couldn't offend him you understand and then and Daniel Carver said at the end he goes eh, thanks Bob that was a lot of fun you know what I mean it was like it was like you could they everybody was getting so mad trying to roast him but you can't offend him you can't go any deeper than what he is okay and what he believes in. So you're basically hitting on one thing. It doesn't work on a roast. A roast is something you have to, you can, Ronnie has so many things. He drives Howard around. He's a limo driver. He, he fucking tries to bang all these checks, this, that, you know, he has so many things. Every, and now those are the targets. Those, that's what makes a roast great. So is there anybody that's uh, been overly sensitive that you've had to try to roast there? No, no. I mean, uh, it was brutal. I mean, the person that got it the worst, and it was on every time, it was Robin. Robin got hit, like, like Hardy <laughs> would call it trap metal, uh, no matter what, you know? Because she didn't, she was, you know, Robin's very nice. She was always very nice to me, very polite, very cool person. Uh, but she would get it, and she'd be able to handle it, you know? It didn't affect her. Oh, yeah. You know, she's definitely got thick skin through her time coming up in radio, for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, she was with Howard from almost the beginning. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's family. You know, you got to look at it that way. It really is. I I thought the, the not the worst roast, but the, the one that hit the hardest for me was the one for Artie. Mm-hmm. Or, uh. You know, talking about his dad dying and shit. Uh, like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was brutal. Yeah. But that's what it is. You know, that's what a roast <laughs> is. And right. I mean, the audience was like, they were just looking at us like we were the most evil bastards. We'd have people in the studio. <laughs> and, you know, I would get some of the people. They would get some, but some of them would look at us like, I can't believe you guys are saying that about his dad. <laughs> you know, it was like, you would just see the look of disgust and silence during that. I remember that. <laughs> they get offended on his behalf <laughs> oh, because he's so loved you understand when somebody's so loved like that I, I, I mean that's why Artie can come back and be bigger than he was because of the fact that he's so loved you know what I mean you have to yeah. you know addiction is something that just gets somebody you know what I mean 
but to be able to come back from that, you, I mean, you shouldn't hold it against somebody. You know, that's the, that's the way I look at it. If you're going to get through uh, addiction and come back, you may have fell a lot of times, but it's not. It doesn't matter how many times you fall. It's a matter of just getting to the point where you're past it now. And he should have every opportunity that he had before this all started. You know. Yeah, certainly. Did uh, were were you hanging out with uh, Jim Florentine much at the time when he was dating Robin? Yeah, I mean, I've known Jim since the beginning. I seen him. I I seen him. Uh, somebody showed me a picture uh, of him at a club, and uh, the booker, this guy Pat Gannon, goes, "He goes, you'll you'll like this guy. You'll get along with him. You guys will be good friends." And that's when he had the long hair, and he looked like the singer in White Snake. Uh, you know. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I mean, Jim's just a, Jim's not a maniac, you know what I mean? Like, like a, a lot of people in this business, you know, he's a good guy, loves music, you know, he's got a kid now, loves that. He's just having the time of his life. And that's, that's what it's about, you know, but some of us get carried away with other things that control our lives. Yeah. So since your accident, how you been feeling, buddy? Well, I went through like four years of hell about, and then uh, finally we decided to to get the next surgery, and then uh, COVID hit the week before, and I got cancer. Then I had to wait, so I got it in November, and I'm telling you, I'm I'm alive again. I still deal with, you know, uh, I I would say I'm sixty to seventy percent better than I was before the operation. So that's huge. Even if I'm still down 40, 30 percent, um, I feel like I'm 20 again. It doesn't matter, you know, because I, I couldn't do I, I was awful. You know, I, I would deal with migraines four days a week. Now they come and go here and there. Uh, so, you know, I still got ankle problems and, you know, lower back. It's OK, but you know what I mean? Because I mean, what they do to you. Yeah, it's, it's much better than it was. And uh, I go to my see my doctor next week, probably for the last time with another x-ray to see how it's healing. They replaced three discs and I got some kind of metal thing in my neck and uh, everything's fine. Well, that's awesome that you're feeling better. You know, that hopefully, uh, you know, you can get better and get back out on, you know, doing the road after this COVID shit. This COVID shit is fucking terrible, man. Yeah. 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 It's like, I just don't, I like, they don't know what they're doing. So they, they're like, okay, we're opening, we're closing this. People can't go out. <laughs> you know, I go, I was going to the doctor. I was getting checked for, uh, you know, every, you know, my heart, my lungs, everything. Cause I had to get an operation. So I had to get checked and they're like, you're perfect health. I can't believe you smoke. And we can't even tell that you ever had a cigarette. And, like for me to be worried about going out, no, I'm really not that worried about going out. I'll wear a mask if I go into a store, but am I worried about getting it? No, you know, I'm pretty, you know, I'm healthy. I mean, the whole thing should have been is put the people that aren't healthy, let them stay home and pay them to stay home and let everybody else work. And uh, I, I said the same thing. I, I, I agree. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? You're locking people in in their house for because they're healthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know I'm ready to get the fuck out of mine for sure. Well, you know what? Oh, it's been a long, You're going to enjoy year. things. You're going to enjoy things more. You know, after this is almost like being in prison, you know? Okay, you come out and you're like, wow, I'm listening to the birds in the backyard. I'm doing this. I, I'm, I, I, you know, I, I'm at the beach or something. And just little things. Actually, going to a restaurant. Can you imagine going to a restaurant is amazing to you now? Right. Oh, yeah. 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 We, we, uh, we podcasted with Bruce Blanche uh, last night. He, he told us about it. He went out to eat. And I told him, I'm fucking jealous. Yeah. Man, because... No, it, it really is amazing. The only thing I liked about the COVID thing is that when I did go, when we do go out to restaurants, when they opened up inside, you got to not sit around people, which is great because I hate when you like <laughs> if you go with your wife and it's just two. They always have the two seat in the middle with all these big tables around you, and you look like a jerk off. You know what I mean? Everybody's watching. You. <laughs> oh, I hate that right. too because I'm I'm fat, 
So, you know, I got to have room between me and the other table. Yeah. That's what it would take. <laughs> no, it's just, it was, uh, that was the only thing that was good for it. And to go out and eat in a tent outside, they put a tent outside of the restaurant, but you can eat in there. I, I mean, it's a fucking greenhouse. What are we doing here? <laughs> and That's great. New York City was a mess. I went up to do Kumia show. They had these, like, basically, uh, they look like trailers that people were, you'd have to go and eat and drink in there. And they were in the, they were in the street. So, so like you, you, right there, you look out and there's like a cab driver's head right next to you. And there's people walking down the street, just screaming because they're out of their minds. You know, it's like, it's on, it's almost like the walking dead, New York city. Now it's pathetic what happened to it. So do you think it's going to be a slow coming out process there? Are people actually feeling comfortable enough to get back out and go to theaters and go out to restaurants and, and to shows? It might, you know, a lot of the neighborhoods went to shit, like where uh, where the studio is for Kumia. I mean, it was never, I, you know, you walk by, I mean, it's like you have to watch what's going on. You have to be, yeah. to be attacked at any time. And it was like that. And, you know, I had a stun gun with me at one time. I'm like, I'm not, you know, I'm going in. I, I'm I'm just, uh, <laughs> I'm not getting attacked, you know what I mean? From when I'm not looking, I yeah. had my hand on it, my jacket, and I'd walk. And if somebody did something, they were going to go down. I don't give a shit. I'm not getting attacked by these scumbags. Okay. Yeah, no, I... You've yeah, lived that's... there all your life, man. You've had to see some shit. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in Staten Island when it was nothing. You know, it was then they started building up, but it was a great place to grow up. You know what I mean? It's it's it wasn't a pussy place. You know, Brooklyn to Staten Island, it was like people were real. You know, people if they had fights, they they fought with fist. You know, nobody pulled out guns and knives and shit like that, unless it got really bad. <laughs> <laughs> that was a last uh, resort kind of yeah, thing. It was like that was a pussy move. You know what I mean? If somebody pulled a knife on you, you fucking pussy, you need a fucking knife. That's what you said, you know? <laughs> and then they realize, ah, I'm not a pussy, and they put it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I miss the good old days when you could smack a motherfucker in the mouth a little bit. Now you always got to worry about that dude pulling a gun out on you. Yeah, or you pulling know? a lawyer out on you. You know what I mean? Yeah, my cell phone. <laughs> so easy. Somebody could set you up. Somebody could be a douchebag to you. And that you know, some people truthfully, like I always said this, if if you've never got your ass kicked in your life, you've never learned a fucking thing. You know? <laughs> yeah, I agree. You need to get your ass kicked to understand that, you know, there's there's certain rules. You know what I mean? But now there's no rules. When there's no rules, it gets worse and worse, and that's what's going on now. We're so afraid to uh, basically say, oh, my God, that, you know, this this person is going to get away with it. But that person's not going to. And it's just sickening. I seen a, a male lady get attacked. That's a that's that's jail. You know what I mean? You can't attack a male person. Yeah. I mean, for some reason you can't. I don't know why, but because they deliver the mail. <laughs> but, you know. I mean, they're dealing with dogs. Yeah, there's, there's people, like a... people beating the shit out of them because nothing's going to happen. It's all. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. video of like teenagers assaulting Uber drivers and stuff like that. Yeah. And then we have the new word teenagers came around and youths. <laughs> You know, it's like, (laughs) it's different. It's like, you can't say what it is. What happened? You know what I mean? The the reason that, you know, okay. If you look at what's going on today, what you have is white people telling us what black people are going through. And that's what's going on. And you have a lot of college kids that are saying that there's a video out there saying why black people can't get ID because they don't know how to do it. They don't have computers. If I was the black community, I would say, we are this got to stop right now. We're going to answer for us. White people cannot answer. Anymore. Right. This is not how, how would you feel if somebody else was answering for you with with racist stuff and calling us racist? Do you know what I mean? That's the whole yeah. thing that. Oh, 
yeah, no, I, some points you just, it's okay to agree, but you sometimes have to let somebody else lead the charge. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, you know, but, you know, I, I think people will all come together and understand. I don't see it out there, and I'm out there, you know, and uh, it's just that when a camera is on, people, you know, it creates a crowd, and people don't know, if you, if you don't know what you're talking about, you're going to say outrageous shit, and that's what's going on. You know, I don't know what they're teaching kids in school. I mean, I didn't learn much in school, but I'm, I tell you what, on the streets, I'm a smart motherfucker. But I'll tell you, these kids, I don't know what they're learning in school because that shit isn't happening in real life. Oh, yeah, no. for sure. Yeah. No. The, and- the only thing that they might be benefiting uh, from now in school or for now in school anyway is uh, some of the computer. That's about it. And- yeah, because eventually everything's just going to be a giant. Computer. Well, see, I think that's some of that is where they're missing out on experiences because huh. kids have their heads buried in their phone and that all the time. They don't go out and do the shit we did when we were younger. And exactly, and that's why that's why kids are dying from peanut allergies. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I, I used to eat dirt when I was a fucking kid. You know? <laughs> I, I I mean these kids they go they get home from school. And they go home, they go in their room, and they go on the internet, and they play their video games. We had to, we didn't have, we, we would play, you know, we would play with uh, dirt, you know, dirt balls and throw them at each other. And, and, and like, sometimes there was a rock in it, and you're bleeding. You know, we'd blow up frogs <laughs> with uh, firecrackers, you know. We, but we, or put a firecracker in a pile of dog shit when somebody wasn't looking and make them turn around and it's flat all <laughs> over them. That's what we did. Yeah. We had fun. We would find apples. We'd put it on a stick and we'd toss them. We'd fling them from a stick on t- with the apple on top at at cars that came by. And then people would chase <laughs> We Remember we used to uh, go on the sleds and uh, in the winter and because and they, they didn't, never did the, the streets and that. So... We would we would jump on cars on the back and hold on and just pull ourselves down the road and people would flip you know sometimes they wouldn't say anything imagine grabbing somebody's car yeah. just by standing and getting pulled by a car with your sneakers on <laughs> people would flip out that was a normal thing back then it it just changed everything you played sports as soon as you got out you played sports you did whatever you know a tree fort anything anything to have fun you know but. They- yeah, it's, like, it's so different now. They don't even know. I seen a video of kids trying to figure out a rotary phone. You ever see that thing on the internet? <laughs> <laughs> that was my first phone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they didn't know how to. They didn't know what they were looking at it. Like, uh, like my dog would look at it. <laughs> yeah, after my parents got divorced, I spent a lot of time calling them over a rotary phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one <laughs> that that was always the good thing to fuck that up you know that was just pure frustration oh you gotta start the fuck oh, over you fuck that in backspace oh yeah like yeah. If you hit the seven and you didn't go all the way and you're like fuck it i didn't go all the way i don't think i gotta yeah. start over <laughs> yeah you get to the end and somehow it didn't register one of them. Yeah. Then you're really pissed because you thought you thought that you successfully did it. You know? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that easy. You know, it was like it was a pain in the ass. I mean, you would think that they would invent something a, a little better. Like, you know, why not just have the push button thing, uh, which they <laughs> later they later did. You know. Yeah. You- even that wasn't foolproof, though. You could still fuck that up. You know, now with the cell phone, you just hit backspace. Yeah, but now I don't know. I know nobody's number except for my mom's. Can you believe that? <laughs> that's yeah. right. That's the only Oh, yeah. no, I, I'm the same way. I couldn't even tell you my mom's number, to be honest, Bob. So that's good that you know that. Well, I can tell you. I, I can, can still I can tell you your mom's number if you need it. No, <laughs> <laughs> no but it's like. It's so I'm sure you could. <laughs> no, but it's so weird that like if you lose your phone, that is when people, you know, you could tell somebody to have cancer and then say you've lost your phone. They go, I lost my phone. You know, because that's the worst thing that can happen to you. Everything, every contact is in there. No, you don't know any number. I mean, you know, what's funny. I used to 
drive to all these gigs. We used to have, uh, we used to print out, uh, you know, the directions, remember, from the internet, and you would look at the paper. Oh, yeah. and I, I went to the doctor. They had a, they go, go to the other office in Sewell, New Jersey, which is 15 minutes from my house, right? I get in the car. I put the GPS to go home. It's not working. I'm driving around for a half hour. I have no idea where I am. And then finally the phone came back on for the GPS. And I was like, thank God I can go home. You know, I, I wasn't even 15 <laughs> minutes from my house. And I had no idea because nobody, you don't pay attention to shit anymore like you did. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't know anybody's number. I could tell you my phone number when I was a kid. Yeah. But I can't remember. <laughs> we can give that bad boy yeah. out and see who who has that number now. Yeah, that, that, that's what it is. Like I yeah. got rid, of, I got a new number, and I could still get my old number because anybody that gets it is just going to get rid of it because they're going to get a ton of calls and they're going to get creepy text messages. So, <laughs> you know, so if I want to get that number back, which I might do, and, and just get that back too, because nobody is going to keep it because everybody had it. <laughs> so, um but before we finish up here there was one uh show i wanted to ask you about um i had seen that you were credited for performing at woodstock 94 yeah what was that one like uh that was uh that was weird it was more like a party and uh they built a stage in a certain area for us and uh it was uh it was kind of horrible, but it was fun. We had the time of our lives. But the whole thing is, like, I, I remember <laughs> I brought an eight ball with me. And that's when I was partying. And I we were drinking, watching the bands. Uh, I remember Jim Norton was in. They had, like, we, we were stuck with these uh, hippies. And they would feed us in the tent. They would, they would make all this, uh, you know, <laughs> this vegan food or whatever. It might have been back then, they called it. Uh, but it, it, I remember it was like a beef stew. Stu, and I remember we were walking, we see Norton, he's at a, Jim Norton's at a, uh, a porta potty, and he's sitting on, on the porta potty, but he's eating the beef stew, and he goes, hey man, they got some good stuff in here, and we're just dying, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was unbelievable, but I remember, I remember Don Jameson was on, uh, he was on stage one time, and somebody threw a, a, a uh, 32 ounce bottle of piss at him. <laughs> oh, and, it just, and it whizzed right by his fucking head but it was like you know, it, we went and had a we we had uh an unbelievable time it was it was it, it was the weirdest thing were, i remember were you there for the whole like three days or there yeah for or? we were there because we took we were put on a bus and we were sent there and then we had to be on the bus at a certain time to go home when it was over and it was just like, and that was when Green Day, Green Day was kind of new to me. And I was like, whoa, these guys are pretty damn good. Aerosmith closed it out. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it was, it was really uh, an amazing time. And, uh, you know, a lot of ugly women love to go outdoors. You know, I noticed. <laughs> so now, did they uh, shuttle you guys with, with a bunch of the, the other musicians and stuff oh, like no. that? Where you guys all we sing. left from uh, New York City with the comedians, and then we went home. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it was basically that, you know. Yeah, the other we didn't see anyone. They wouldn't let us slobs near them for sure. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't let you guys mingle with Green Day. What the fuck? Nah, nah, we we were we just had we just had a lot of fun. It was like oh oh the funniest thing was uh, they had a co-ed shower right. I forget there was one in there that just, he, he must have took like fucking 20 showers a day to look at the women. <laughs> and I was, I was doing, I, like I said, I was doing coke and I go in there and, and I come out and Florentine goes, how was it? I go, I, I did too. I go, my, my dick was so small from uh, doing all the coke. I go, I got booed out of the shower. <laughs> <laughs> I got fucking booed out of the shower. It was just like, it, it it was an experience, you know what I mean? That, you know, uh, like outdoor concerts like that are just amazing if, you know, if they're in control and that shit. It's like, that's one thing I, I, I'm going to totally get into more concerts again, like I did when I was uh, younger, because it's such a great 
time. And that's one thing that, you know, you need, you need the entertainment to bring you back to life the right way. And I think that the bands yeah. are going to do better than they ever did. Like my son's in bands and they're already killing. And uh, it's just, it's going to be amazing for entertainment if it's done the right way. Yeah, I hope so. I, I hope so. It will. What's your, uh, what's your son's band's uh, name? They're called Fat Mez. Uh, yeah. Right on. What kind of music? And, and also, uh, my son's in a uh, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan tribute band uh, called BTK. And uh, what is it called? Oh, God, I can't even think of it. They just did one show. They sold out, standing ovation for over a minute. And uh, BTK and the Troublemakers, they, they should be on Facebook, too, uh, and Fat Mez. And both bands are just like, Fat Mez is amazing. Four people could sing. Four people can play every instrument. Uh, they're, go they're going to take off very soon. You know, Billy's in a competition in Dallas in May where he's going to be, uh, he's in a competition. It's the 10 best uh, guitar players in America under 20 years old. And he'll win it. There's no doubt. Nice. Unless it's fixed, he'll, he will win it. There's, he, was, uh, uh, he was picked up when he was 10 years old by the bass player from Jimi Hendrix. I forget his name, Billy something. I think his name was. And, uh, and he's been doing this stuff all the time. One of the most talented people you'll ever see. And Fantastic. all of them are like that. And it's just like, I, I know that this is going to be the year. And then we get them in the studio and it's over. When uh, when you were into music, what did you do? Did you play guitar? I played bass. And that's what my son started. Like, uh, yeah, I, I used to play the bass. And, and uh, I took my son when he was 15 to see Paul McCartney in Washington. And it was just a, it's like, if you just want to have a wonderful time with people that are in a great mood, go see Paul McCartney. It's just a love fest. And uh, we were driving home and he said, you still got your bass? And I said, I might have one. And then he started playing. Now he plays every instrument. He plays keyboards, drums, guitar, he sings. I mean, it's just amazing that, uh, and, and for somebody young for, uh, uh, you know, to have music in your life is just it, uh, to see the happiness it brings, you know, and it brings other people too, you know, it's like, it, it's like amazing. When I see them live, I look at him the way he used to look at me on stage, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, no, that, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, they're doing it in like one of the best areas you can do it in too. So, you know, that whole mm -hmm. East Coast, great for entertainment you know yeah and you well you, you know yeah. you've been there <laughs> they get to work with some you know i forget they work with one producer that made a, a really big band i just can't think of them like it may not be something i listen to but he's a producer and you know he's he was asking about them somebody came up and because they were working with another band but they split from that and uh if they go back in the studio with him i mean he made a band huge and uh you know, these, these kids got more talent than I, I, I'm telling you, I'd put them up singly against anybody out there today. And, you know, to, of what they can do, my son and Bill. I had to look them up and check them out. Yeah, Bill, Billy, Dom, Dom's probably yeah. one of the best bass players. I've, I'm telling you, I've seen all. He, <laughs> he, he has, he, he listens to basically, uh, he, you know, it's, he listens to the greats, you know, from the 50s, so, you know, everybody. That's that's been you know he does jazz he loves every kind of music and it just brings out the best in a musician when you're when you know where music came from and that's what these kids do they don't play the bullshit you hear today they'll they'll play Crosby Stills and Nash and they can sing it all you know they can sound perfectly nice. and I go that still doesn't mean shit it's the originals and they know that you know but yeah. they can sound better than anybody that they're doing. And it's like amazing. Yeah, that's great. Fucking a lot of this music today is so fucking watered down. So it it be awesome for a, a change in the mainstream a little yeah, bit. It's you know, time. it's 
some more of that old school yeah, feel. It, it's time, you know. It, it's totally time. You know, there's only, you know, the only band that's been with kids, you know, in their 20s or whatever is uh, the one that sounds like uh, Zeppelin. Uh, what is that? Uh, uh, the Greta, yeah, Greta Van yeah. Fleet. And I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that, you know, yeah, they sound exactly like just a, a, a new, yeah. new Zeppelin. You know, and I said, you know, you get you go to their label, we go with their label at something, you open for them for one tour, and then you're headlining. You know what I mean? There's no doubt in my mind. I, I said, it, it, I know enough people yeah. to say, here, just look at this. Here, you, I'm giving you the end. That basically, somebody's going to jump on them, you know, because they're that good. They're, uh, singly... Singly, Billy and Dom are as good as anybody. That's awesome, man. Yeah, we'll take a look at them. Check that out yeah, for cool. sure. Real quick, Bob, before we uh, let you go, we got to get some good, uh, some good blue cheese stories. So, uh, did this ever take a turn for the worse, where maybe this wasn't well, a good yeah, idea? We'll get to that one after this one. Uh, one, one, one time they tricked me, and uh, they, uh, this girl just died too. She, I don't know how. Remember Eve the Queefer from uh, Stern? Yeah, yeah. We were friends, and then she came to a show. We were in Boston or somewhere around Boston, and they came up, Julie and them came up with an idea to put a chocolate bar in her ass and let her walk around with it for like uh, an hour before the show. And then she came up and did the blue cheese thing. And I and then I do it and I look up and I got all this brown shit all over my face. And I had no idea. But the worst experience was I was upstate New York. <laughs> I, I I offered to do the blue cheese thing. I never knew who's coming up, okay? I never know, except for, you know, the Eve we had because it was they said we'll do her because she's on the show, it'll help. And so I was like, okay. But I asked the audience, I see a hand raise up. And I'm like, and I look down and I'm like, oh, my God. She must have been about 280, 300. And every, I'm like, no, no. And, and everyone goes, no. you got to do it. And I'm like, all right, get up here. And she came up and it was the most, it was the funniest thing to be at, at that show. And there was one girl in Pennsylvania that came up. It was like, I think. She might have just took a shit and jogged to the fucking uh, to the place oh. <laughs> uh, because it was just oh my fucking lord! And you know, all the rest. I had a mother and daughter at one time. It, it was it was fine, you know. It was uh, it, it was fun time. <laughs> what a mother and daughter combo! You yeah, know, that's and great. guess what? The husband was in the audience with them. Uh, such a proud dad and husband. Exactly. Never so proud. You know, some people look at the things that they accomplish in life differently, and I am not one to judge somebody. <laughs> yeah, that, that's awesome. That's awesome. Before we let you go, buddy, uh, you, you got anything to promote? Any merch? Uh, what's your website? Well, check out uh, on Twitter. My name is Levy underscore Sir. That's my new one. But you can see it's me once you hit it because I had to get back on because they threw me off. And then Facebook, I got like three Bob Levy's <laughs> and a Reverend Bob Levy. So that's the one you want to join because the other ones are full, I think. So the Reverend Bob Levy. And then Syndicate Radio.tv will have all the shows up on it and uh, and my comedy shows too. But it has all the, the 12 uh, podcasts that we've done so far. And uh, I'm just going to put everything on there. And then Instagram is Levy Bob, I think. And I had to get a second one of that, too. (laughs) (laughs) So you get into a lot of trouble on Instagram then? (laughs) Instagram was nothing about getting in trouble. I basically, I forgot my my password and I just couldn't get in. I was like, fuck it. I'll just make another one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. Uh, I was I wasn't sure. Maybe you know. Sometimes on Instagram, they're a little lenient on what you yeah, can share. You so know, I, post, <laughs> yeah. I, I post a lot of pictures of of my dogs, and uh, you know, and basically, you know, I'll put up some gigs and not not much else. You know what I mean? I started putting up uh, the show, but uh, you know, I just 
I'm nice on there. On Twitter, I'm nice too. I'm nice now because you can't do anything. So I'm not. I'm not getting sprung on. Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to be Mr. PC these days. Only, or only on the somebody internet. When I'm on stage, that's my rules. <laughs> if you don't like it, if you're going, to, if you think you're going to be offended, stay home. I, I fucking give a shit. Oh, I, I agree. Not, I am not changing me. You know, and I'm funniest when I can be me. So I'm not trying to bend either way. I'm not trying to be filthier. I'm just being me up there. And if you just can't handle, you know, enjoying life, stay the fuck home. You know what I mean? Because nobody wants your miserable oh, ass it, there. Oh, it yeah. amazes me that people still at this day and age get offended when they go to a comedy show because you should be able to get a pretty good idea of who the comedian, what they're about, what kind of, you know, so it, you should already know whether or not you're going to be offended before you even go. But you have people that like to be offended because they need something to talk about at the dinner table. Their whole life is about not being happy anywhere they go. And, uh, you know, stay the fuck away. Yeah, I definitely know yeah, a few people that. like that. It's a mental illness that's going around. Yeah, yeah it's fucking, it's sad for yeah. sure. Because it uh, it's making a lot of people change, and I'm glad you're not going to be one. No, of them. I'm too old <laughs> to fucking change. God damn it, I ain't fucking doing this shit. I feel like I'm 21 again. So let's fucking live it up again. Let's party again. Let's get the fuck outside and fucking okay. put your asses on stage so I can jam jam my head in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome, man. I hope we can get you back here on the show sometime soon. Fucking hopefully, hopefully you'll have a bunch of dates by then and the world will be back to normal and everybody's kicking fucking ass. Let me know whenever. I appreciate it. I had a fun time with you boys. It's been great talking to you. Yeah. Have a great one, Bob. Stay safe, buddy. Take care. Take care. Stay healthy. All right. Bye, bud. Later.